Blackstone Audio presents Cop Killer by Mai Cheval and Per Volu, translated from the Swedish by Thomas Thiel. Chapter 1 She reached the bus stop well ahead of the bus, which would not be along for half an hour yet. Thirty minutes of a person's life is not an especially long time. Besides, she was used to waiting and was always early. She thought about what she would make for dinner— and a little about what she looked like, her usual idle thoughts. By the time the bus came, she would no longer have any thoughts at all. She had only twenty-seven minutes left to live. It was a pretty day, clear and gusty, with a touch of early autumn chill in the wind, but her hair was too well lacquered to be affected by the weather. What did she look like? Standing there by the side of the road this way, she might have been in her forties, a rather tall, sturdy woman, with straight legs and broad hips, and a little secret fat that she was very much afraid might show. She dressed mostly according to fashion, often at the expense of comfort, and on this blustery autumn day she was wearing a bright green 1930s coat, nylon stockings, and thin brown patent leather boots with platform soles. She was carrying a small square handbag with a large brass clasp slung over her left shoulder. This too was brown, as were her suede gloves. Her blonde hair had been well sprayed and she was carefully made up. She didn't notice him until he stopped. He leaned over and threw open the passenger door. "'Want a lift?' he said. "'Yes,' she said, a little flurried. "'Of course. I didn't think—' "'What didn't you think?' "'Well, I didn't expect to get a ride. I was going to take the bus.' "'I knew you'd be here,' he said. "'And it's not out of my way, as it happens. Jump in now. Look alive.' "'Look alive.' How many seconds did it take her to climb in and sit down beside the driver? Look alive. He drove fast, and they were quickly out of town. She was sitting with her handbag in her lap, slightly tense, flustered perhaps, or at least somewhat surprised. Whether happily or unhappily, it was impossible to say. She didn't know herself. She looked at him from the side, but the man's attention seemed wholly concentrated on the driving. He swung off the main road to the right, but then turned again almost immediately. The same procedure was repeated, and the road grew steadily worse. It was questionable whether it could be called a road any more or not. "'What are you going to do?' she said, with a frightened little giggle. "'You'll find out.' "'Where?' "'Here,' he said, and braked to a stop. Ahead of him he could see his own wheel tracks in the moss. They were not many hours old.' Over there, he said with a nod. Behind the woodpile. That's a good place. Are you kidding? I never kid about things like that. He seemed hurt or upset by the question. But my coat, she said. Leave it here. But there's a blanket. He climbed out, walked around, and held the door for her. She accepted his help and took off the coat, folded it neatly, and placed it on the seat beside her handbag. There. He seemed calm and collected, but he didn't take her hand as he walked slowly towards the woodpile. She followed along behind. It was warm and sunny behind the woodpile and sheltered from the wind. The air was filled with the buzzing of flies and the fresh smell of greenery. It was still almost summer, and this summer had been the warmest in the Meteorological Institute's history. It wasn't actually an ordinary woodpile, but rather a stack of beech logs cut in sections and piled about six feet high. Take off your blouse. Yes, 
she said shyly. He waited patiently while she undid the buttons. Then he helped her off with the blouse, gingerly, without touching her body. She was left standing with the garment in one hand, not knowing what to do with it. He took it from her and placed it carefully over the edge of the pile of logs. An earwig zigzagged across the fabric. She stood before him in her skirt, her breasts heavy in the skin-colored bra, her eyes on the ground, her back against the even surface of sawed timber. The moment had come to act, and he did so with such speed and suddenness that she never had time to grasp what was happening. Her reactions had never been especially quick. He grabbed the waistband at her navel with both hands and ripped open her skirt and her tights in a single violent motion. He was strong, and the fabric gave instantly, with a rasping snarl like the sound of old canvas being torn. The skirt fell to her calves, and he jerked her tights and panties down to her knees.